lovely listeners of Built Different, welcome back to another episode. I hope you didn't miss us that much. We haven't been as frequent lately, but you know what? Life is hectic, but we are still here to bring you um, conversations every week to our ability. And I hope, I hope, I hope everyone enjoys the previous episodes as we had a great time recording them. And hopefully everyone is enjoying that. And we'd appreciate if everyone would just give us like a little feedback on Twitter if you want to. We should tweet more, but I look, you don't know how to work Twitter, but we'll <laughs> figure that out later. Twitter See, can be a messy place. It could be. But today we have the lovely, lovely Monica. Monica, do you mind um, pronouncing your um, second name for us, please? (laughs) My name is Monica Perez Oike. Oike. Monica Perez Oike. So um, I came across Monica's TikTok account, obviously as a Gen Zer obsessed with tiktok and everything it has to come with it but um monica here's tiktok account is quite different because she is a gp and she takes a different approach to tiktok and i feel like she uses it so effectively so monica the first question um can you explain to the listeners what you do and how you use your influence on social media to educate us as a whole Oh wow, Jesus, influence. All right, so <laughs> she an influencer, everybody. She uh, is. She is not crazy, but anyway, so uh <laughs> so TikTok, uh TikTok is actually fun. Uh as you rightly mentioned, Gen Z. So I have younger mm-hmm. siblings that kind of introduced me to that because yeah. I was quite active on Instagram and I know that I then I noticed they weren't. So we're just talking about it. They're like, Oh, you need to get on TikTok. This is what's happening now, you know. So they actually helped me create my account. I didn't know how to work at all. But anyway, so I try to do the dance. Yeah, you know, when you see yeah. them and you think, oh, I know I can't dance. You know, <laughs> so, I don't know. I thought I was a great dancer, like, because I'm just like, oh, my God. So is this how I actually look like dancing? So, yeah, so I kind of stopped. <laughs> I stopped doing that. And then I was just like, OK, I'm just going to talk or maybe just point mm-hmm. or something like that. So I try to use like the trends sometimes if I can yeah. to just maybe uh, share like a short information. I feel like even myself here, yeah, my attention span, I can't even watch a full movie anymore because I get like bored. So my attention span is quite short. So if it's just something short, just to relay some quite um, important information, health information, mm. especially now that with the pandemic, people don't really go to their doctors um, as often because you're trying to kind of limit contact and stuff like that. So just some critical things that I just share online on what I think might be important to know. Honestly, to be fair, everything you share on your TikTok is is everything we need to know. And as young people, our attention spans are very, very, very low. And I love how you incorporate the trends and make it more accessible. That's the main thing, making information accessible and kind of like... Um, it takes away what I call WhatsApp University because <laughs> my mom is obsessed with all the yeah. fake news on WhatsApp and the, the yeah. huge chain messages saying we're, we're being chipped by the government. I was like, no, your phone is already tracking everything you do, hun. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So Monica, um, another question. Why did you get into medicine? Was it something you always wanted to do? 
Uh, how would I, I suppose, you know, um, so I'm Nigerian, I'm Nigerian and Irish, I was born in Nigeria, and growing up um, in Nigeria, there's always the saying, if you ask most Nigerians, they'll say, oh, you can either be like one of three things, so either a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer, and then maybe a nurse, you know, so it was, I had the idea, oh yeah, I was going to be a doctor, like, you know, but I wasn't too, like, serious about it, Uh, and then, um, when I was younger, my uh, my mom passed away, and then just knowing about everything that happened, I just felt like it was more of ne- a medical negligence. Mm-hmm. So I just was then very mo- more determined to become a doctor because I was okay. I'm going to be a doctor, so I can oh. be a very good doctor and try to avoid things like this happening yeah. to someone else's mom. So yeah, th- that's one of the main reasons I actually joined. Uh, decided to do medicine. It was quite hard, and I almost gave up because uh, getting into medicine wasn't that easy. And um, I was like, okay, if I just got into anything health-related, that would still be grand, you know? Well, anyway, um, yeah, it worked out well in the end. That is amazing. Sorry about your mother. So sorry to hear mm-hmm. about that. Um, so did you study medicine here in Ireland or? Oh, yes, I did, yeah. So I moved, um, I moved to Ireland when I was about 15. I lived in Dublin, Blanchestown. Ooh. Went to Blanchestown. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Blake Stan produced a doctor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I came down and then uh, so I, and then I went to Trinity College. Uh, so oh, you, you went to Trinity. Trinity. Wow. Trinners, oh. everyone. Oh, yeah, Trinners <laughs> yeah, are winners, you know. <laughs> Trinners are winners. Trinners are winners. <laughs> you know what they say. Exactly. <laughs> Um, another like so you moved here when you were like a teenager how was the move for you like how was the different how did you adapt to like Irish society and the norms did you quickly um, adapt to everything or did it take you some time I think um, it actually definitely took me some time and I think it was only in the last few years that I've actually become my own person Um, moving here like you said at such a critical age and you get here, and first of all, I I was aware I was coming to Ireland. I was aware that it was an English-speaking country. But I got here, and it was like a language barrier because I couldn't understand the accent and things. Yeah. And then I felt like uh, people couldn't understand me. And as usual, like um, secondary school boys and things, making fun of me and slagging you because of the way you speak. And I was like, well, I speak English. Like I like I went to like a proper private school in Nigeria so just yeah. because one accent so I think it actually affected my self-esteem because then I didn't feel like I was good enough or whatever mm. but fa- sorry my dog is disturbing me <laughs> but, no but thankfully yeah I had I were quite a good few um black people in my class yeah. um yeah. that year anyway so that was good and the teachers were just exceptional and they were so accepting so so accepting like they really made a positive difference in my life and they actually encouraged me to to be smart you know that kind of way that, that is nice yeah like honestly they really made a huge impact so that being said yes yeah, so I have that and then when I got to college as well it was kind of different as well because then I was that I was like the only black girl there or the only black person in class with Gosh. wow Jesus my sorry I'm so sorry my no, down <laughs> Oh, I was oh gosh, my you dog oh. over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just bored because she's like, why is my mom not giving me attention? <laughs> anyway, I just hold her. 
so yeah so I got to college and that was different because first of all I went from okay yes I knew I was black when I got to Ireland but then I had yeah. this black that was fine and then it was just me and then I thought I was smart but then you were in a class of very 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 smart people mm-hmm. and then I was then working as well so I had to work two jobs because I had to pay my fees so I felt like I wasn't really reaching my academic life potential yeah exactly that and then you had people from all over so many places and I had that I did have I think I might have had low self-esteem because I didn't feel like I was good enough or rich enough or even like pretty enough and things like that you know because then you go out from in, in school you all wore like school uniforms and now yeah. here in my uh, college people are wearing like their designers and things like that and I, I was still rocking my pennies I still love pennies anyway I still go to pennies you know but it took me a while to accept that but then I mm. knew I had a goal that day. I wanted to finish this because this was going to make a difference in my life and was my my dream so that went and then then you become a doctor and then I or then I became a doctor and then it was the case of, okay you're in a group of like loads of doctors and you're the only black person there as well I'm like Jesus Christ oh you know <laughs> so I, so I really I had to deal with that as well and just mm. um like you know at first I was trying so hard to make friends and trying to kind of change the kind of person I was but mm. I, I think something just snapped to me I just yeah. realized I, I I have to stop trying I just have to be the person I am and just accept who I am and if I'm going to make friends fine if I'm not that's also okay I can be my own best friend but it took me a while to actually accept that and then even like my accent and things like that mm. well, I say fortunately or unfortunately I suppose because I moved um, I'm living in Cork now so when you're speaking to so many people eventually your accent changes yeah. annually so um but like all those things that I would have been ashamed of like even my hair or wearing like corals or even having my cornrows and things like that I've accepted all those things about myself so but it did take me some time it really did yeah oh oh Oh, Monica can I just ask do you find that a lot of the times within the practice a lot of the times you got mistaken for the nurse instead of the doctor see what happened last week yes yeah so I suppose it's a little bit different in GP line so when I was working in the hospital it happened I was either a student or maybe or when we were in scrubs like or maybe I was a Porsche I remember uh, I had my stethoscope on and there was a lady like she was like oh can you get me tea and I was like you have a <laughs> like, okay, on. You, you understand? So, well, sometimes I, I don't really take those things to heart. Yeah. And then working um, as a GP. So when a patient makes an appointment and they they hear they're going to a Dr. Monica, obviously Monica is not a black sounding name. Mm-hmm. So I always see the shock. Of the, oh, so you are Monica. I'm like, yes, I am. You know, that kind of way. Or if I have a student, because sometimes the practice I work, we have mm-hmm. students. And then I will introduce a person as a student. Um, maybe the person might be a white male. And then they will face that person and be talking to that person like that. That person is a doctor. I'll be like, no, I am the doctor. Owen. <laughs> oh, and I think it's probably something that has to do with um, age as well, because I, yeah. I, I, I actively die, I still look young. So, so you already uh, know, Black, don't cry. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so when do you finish college? I'm like, 
I, I finished my five years ago, I finished my seven years ago. And, uh, like, so yes, it happens. And mm. I know in most cases, yeah, it's not uh, a, ca- a case of people trying to be malicious. It's just yeah. pure parents and I, I understand and it doesn't really phase me. But then I've, I have had case, um, situations where you know, and you know that it's just because you're black, you know, but anyway, c'est la vie. Like it's life. <laughs> you know how how do you handle how do you handle those type of situations when you come across like a circumstance like that? Uh, sometimes I do handle it, and some of them. There's one I still haven't gotten over, and if I think mm. about it, it actually makes me like really sad. You're like oh. so sometimes uh, Nigerians have the same. I cannot come and kill myself. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. No, but yes. You we can't. say it till this day. I say it. I'm like, I cannot come and do that. No. You know, so I well, sometimes like when I know I'm just like, you know, like it really doesn't phase me for every like one racist account I have, I have like 20 like brilliant patients that just mm. make me smile and appreciate what I do. And that really does help me and encouraging me to be a better doctor. So, yeah, but then there's some situations you just like, wow. And you just have to take a moment and just breathe and just, I I, I think even being a doctor, it has actually helped me personally in a way to control my emotions and things like that because yeah. you have to learn to be professional at all times, you know? So, um, yeah, so I think I tend to handle it okay. Then uh, pre-pandemic, I was mad into boxing, you know, so I could really? take my yeah, yeah. I saw. <laughs> so that boxing is a great yeah. exercise. So yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, so yeah, I deal with things that way. I told like I, I don't know it. It's nice to know that you have that composure because you always need to have it. But with yeah. me, sometimes I was just like, you know what, I wanna. I just want to speak out and just be frustrated but I can't even do that because as a black woman you're going to be painted as this angry black person and like stereotyped and that very much irks me to the core but sometimes it's needed and but still it's like a thing where you cannot be frustrated or angry in peace you know, without thinking of other consequences and how... Oh, don't get me wrong now, yeah. Like, if those situations probably occurred outside work, I probably... She would have done something. She would have done something. uh, uh, No, 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 no. That person will be schooled. (laughs) Verbally, obviously possibly yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah well, so we just have to kind of deal deal with things like that well it is getting better and I think yeah. the more conversations we have about it um the more people are aware and things like that you know so yeah I hope like at some point we do kind of end those conversations because they have been going on for ages and it's nothing new but it's all up to people and their willingness to listen and open up and like change perspective at the end of the day you know but Monica I was scrolling through your TikTok I'm a bit of a stalker I like stalking I love TikTok and in one of them you kind of talk about women's health and how passionate you're about women's health like would you like to elaborate more on that and do you feel like that area is often neglected 
by our healthcare system? Um, hmm, that's a loaded question now. <laughs> so first of all, my interest about it, well, I am a woman and mm-hmm. I feel like it's the one thing I can relate to with my patients. If it's about their periods, I can relate to that. If it's about, okay, uh, maybe like even like PCOS, things like that, I can relate to that as well. And it's a type of specialty, especially in GP, where you can actually do something and you can fix somebody's problem as soon as possible, you know? Yeah. So maybe like things like painful periods or like contraception or things like that. So you can you you can help as opposed to some other things that oh maybe come back in, in two weeks time or things like that. Mm-hmm. So those are the what uh, those are the reasons I'm quite passionate about it. Is it neglected? Um, I don't think it's neglected in uh, in the country. Like I know um, the HSC and they're trying to do their best, but there is still a lot that can be done. I know there's mm-hmm. like a huge huge waiting list for like gynecology and yeah sad sometimes when you're you that's why I think more most GPs I think so have like a lot of interest in women's health because there's so many things we can do before it gets uh, to the to the the gynecologist the surgeons you know so that's one of the reason and also even though women go to your doctors and things they don't usually like talk about their problems openly, especially when it comes to anything that has to do with your reproductive system, you know? So I'm talking about it on TikTok so that you can say to somebody, you can say to a person you're dating or like, oh, I'm on my period today, or you know, you don't have to be shy about things like that, or my periods are quite painful, you know? So just to make it quite acceptable, that's one of the reasons. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, you were talking about being open about your period. Um, yeah. I remember when I started my period, it was kind of like, oh, kind of like a, yeah. a, a weird thing. That's just like, okay, you started your period. Let's go to the corner and talk about it. And <laughs> hush, hush. Um, we kind like, especially, I feel like in, in my house, anyway, my mom, the way she kind of explained the whole thing to me, she's like, we have to sit down. And it was a quick thing. And, <laughs> You can tell that she wants to leave. I'm like, come on. But now um, I'm kind of used to it and stuff like that. And to be fair, if I ever go to the GP, because my GP is a male and he's like white. So I would feel very uncomfortable and be like, hi, um, something's wrong with my reproductive system. Do you want to check? <laughs> Even that, that just freaks me out personally. I completely agree with you there, Joanna, because I really relate to... um dr uh, monica when she says because mm-hmm. i lost my mom at a young age so i lived with my dad majority of my life mm-hmm. so it was really i had to call one of my aunts and i remember she said your dad cannot find out that you started your period it's top secret and she said apparently it was she because i'm from zimbabwe she was like to me apparently it's bad luck if a man ever sees you on your period and i was like oh my god and i believe that up until the ages from the ages of like I think 16, I genuinely believed, oh my gosh, I have to hide my period. I'm like, oh my gosh, something's going to happen. Like, I genuinely believe there's a bad curse. But like, I think what you do is so amazing, kind of breaking the stigma, especially within the African community. I think it's so amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Like, it's also amazing just to have a Black GP. Like, when I saw you on TikTok, I was just like, this is the first. It was a whole (laughs) first. I was like, this 
is the content I signed up for. Yes. <laughs> It's, it's nice and like there's so many other black girls like even my friend she's she's studying medicine uh, one day she's going to be my gp and some other little black girl is going to look at her like oh she can do it i can do it it's so inspiration it's so inspirational how you're like in subconsciously like influencing others and like seeing that it is possible to get to the stage that you're in like for younger for younger people in the like who are starting to be nurses or doctors, do you have like any sort of advice for them you'd like to give them? I suppose um, I say this all the time: uh, make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. <clears throat> um, medical school is different from being a doctor, and both of them have their pros and cons. And uh, you need to have a goal and a reason for you going there. Just because, oh, I want to be a doctor. That's not, yeah. <laughs> that's not a reason. Oh, the misconception. Oh, my God, I'm going to make loads of money. That's not a reason as well. I think the only thing that probably that um, is a given is that in most situations, you are always going to have a job if you want one. Yeah. So watch then. If you're going in, be prepared that there's some days that you're going to cry. There's some days that are going to be amazing that... And you're going to be like, yes, I can do this job. And but going for the right reasons and always cherish those good days because you need those memories um, to bring you back when you're really upset. So, yes, and you can do it if you really want to. Oh, that is that is that was amazing. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that was so beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> Like, as far as your colleagues, have they seen your um, TikTok account? Oh, okay. Okay. So how would I go about this? Um, you know, I'm just going to say, you know, I guess. Okay. So <laughs> so when I started off anyway, there was a place that, like, um, Ireland itself is a quite a conservative country. And yeah. then Wales itself is quite a conservative county. And then working in the countryside is a little bit more conservative as well. So when it was a case that, oh, you have Instagram. Oh, my God. Um, oh, don't be putting patients' details up on that. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not dumb. Like, why would I want to do that and stuff like that? And uh, so uh, I suppose there was some a little bit of like negative backlash then. But I felt like what I was doing was important. I didn't see it as a case mm-hmm. of me um, because I got off. Uh, positive feedback from things like what you said, wow, a black GP, or oh, I, I think mm-hmm. I can do this kind of way. So I kind of felt that was important to share and things like that. So that really knocked me off a bit. But then I was like, no, I'm actually going to keep on doing this because I enjoy it. And I think it's quite important as well. And then uh, fast forward now, a uh, different place, You there's like so much support and love and like, Oh, I saw this on, on your TikTok. Oh, this is amazing. Or oh, maybe you should talk about this on TikTok and things like that. So it's just like when you have the support of your colleagues as well, like it actually does make uh, a great, um, a, a huge difference because then you don't feel like you're doing something quite shady, you know? Mm. Meanwhile, at that point when I started, I was like, oh my God, I was literally, I don't know. It just, yeah. So <laughs> there's, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if I go work in somewhere else, it might be a different case. So it's Ireland, yeah. Um, I have a really, I don't say important question, but it's often described that, you know, doctors can be what 
police are to black men. I think we've seen like there's been a lot of statistics that black women are more likely to die during childbirth. How do you feel like and I feel like that's it must be a relief a lot of the times for black women to see a black doctor because a lot of the times I think and I think I've experienced it myself a lot of yeah. doctors wouldn't take black women's pain seriously in terms of mm-hmm. medical help and mm-hmm. as you spoke about you know your mom as I think it's just I would love to hear your take on that because I think it's at the moment it's a very trending topic and I'm happy it's being brought to life because I know I've heard of so many stories of women just dying in the hospital you know not getting the right medical um, care I suppose I'd like to say um from what I know I don't think it happens a lot in Ireland and because mm. I feel like I am a doctor that listens to people so I can't really relate to I I, I just can't phantom out a patient who tell me they're in pain and I'll tell them oh no you're not or not take it so I I don't you know I I I yeah. don't get it you know so and so, um, because I'm not like that uh, as a doctor. So what I do know, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't happen as much. What I would say, though, um, if you, especially when you're pregnant, if you feel like you're not, see, if you're pregnant, you are your own advocate and you're the advocate for your baby. And you feel like you're not being listened to by this particular person. You need to go to someone else that will listen to you because that's how it's meant to be. You need to, you, you have to be your own health advocate because only you know exactly what you're feeling. But... I, I, I would like to believe that lots of people that go into this profession go because they actually care because that's how I feel about my profession. Mm-hmm. So I want um I wouldn't take somebody's pain lightly, you know, you know. So um so I really do not think it happens that much in Ireland. I, I, I do not think that. Um so I hope that answered your questions okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. No <laughs> Yeah, usually with those stories, like I see them like on Instagram and sometimes on Twitter, but and I see them happen like in America and the UK. But I feel I, I've never heard of anything in Ireland, but I, I hope I don't hear anything soon. And like, I hope it doesn't happen, but I'm sure it happened somewhere because my friend, again, the one who's studying medicine, she went to the doctors and she had this banging headache for ages and she went there multiple times and he was like no it's fine you'll be grand and all this and she's like it's still a persistent thing but she still hasn't been given adequate like like medicine or what she who she should go to next or what she can do to ease her like persistent headaches and stuff like that but I guess it's it's some people more than of than others. I I don't know. Hundred percent. Yeah. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, no is perfect. No doctor is perfect. We're also yeah. humans, and sometimes we might think we're listening. And probably we. I don't know. But um, like I've said, if she feels like she's not being listened to, then she should find a doctor that is listening to her. That w- that will listen to her. Yeah, for sure. Um, like. You know, uh, back to when you said you um first moved to Ireland. Um, you kind of said something that kind of struck with, like, stuck with me, and I've been thinking about this while we were having this conversation. Um, you were talking about how um you didn't feel okay to go out with your natural hair, yeah. and how you didn't feel comfortable to go out with your um with your coils and stuff like that, would you like to elaborate more? Like, was this more in school or college or in the workplace? 
Um, so I suppose I, it had start, obviously start with school. Mm-hmm. As a young girl, you come in, uh, I never really saw lots of white people. I saw them on TV. And then you come yeah. here and you're in a city of white people and they all had straight hair and then they were putting, they were still putting loads of makeup, makeup on their face and stuff like that. And then you obviously don't want to stand out. You already stand out anyway because you're black. So you don't want your hair to stand out yeah. as well. You know? So I would, um, I would always have like straight uh, weave on. Then we used to like sew our hair. And so, yeah, so it was there. In terms of work, I had my part-time job. Uh, I was working in the cinema in Blanchestown. And honestly, I really enjoyed that job because it also helped me uh, with my social skills as well. So, mm. uh, and I felt accepted in a way. Yeah, so that's uh, so that, that, uh, that helped with, the, with uh, just that, the self-esteem. And then going to college as well. Um, Low-key, it was there, but like I said, there are some days like your head, my head would just snap and like, yo, just be yourself, okay? Mm-hmm. Just be the customer. You're the only one that knows your struggles and things, so just be whatever. So I think it was the day actually I took my mad afro, tied it, and I, I wore like an Ankara dress. I just went to, to college. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Yes. I think that's such an important conversation to have because I was actually talking to a friend before this, and she's actually Muslim, and she talked about that, like she knows a lot of girls because obviously there's the hijabi ban going on in a few countries, and she was saying that she understands why she used to have a lot of judgment for girls who took off the hijab, but as she now enters the workplace. She says she really understands why people do that because she just one, they don't want to draw too much attention to them. And I think the second you're saying that she genuinely believes that if this is something that's going to prohibit me from getting a job, I think personally, you know, something that I have to consider to sacrifice. And I thought it was really interesting. I think that does happen for a lot of Black women, especially to do with our natural hair. Oh, actually, now that I brought up um, the interview and things like that, I had to even going for interviews um, because to get on the scheme, you have to go for interviews. I had to prepare myself and prepare my hair and make sure I had like straight hair and yeah. uh, wore something and make sure I spoke with a, a clear accent and those things like you subconsciously do, but you feel like, no, I kind of need to do it because like mm-hmm. it's just thinking about it now. Yeah, I just like, yeah, I literally had to like make. Oh, Jesus! It's Christ. kind of it's it's weird when you um come into those type of spaces where the amount of like self sacrifice you have to make, you mm-hmm. have to like dress yourself down like ten thousand notches just to fit in to be normal, and then how uncomfortable that process makes you feel, especially when you grow up. And I feel like a lot of like black girls go through that like black women go through that a stage of going through school um you could fit in the on the way you talk the way you carry yourself but you're still being you're still like you're still like a sore thumb in a sense as you're black and then as you grow up now you have to go through another process of re-loving yourself and everything that you are, the person you are at Mm -hmm. home and trying to implement that outside. I feel like that's what I'm 
currently going through that weird transition just like joella try and be yourself be okay with your natural hair with your hair in braids it's not every time you have to wear a wig in a 30 degree weather girl (laughs) (laughs) even though i'm wearing a wig now that's for other reasons i can't get my hair done (laughs) i completely get you i think as black women the journey to love in yourself is it, it can be it's a long one it can be so difficult and I think as well when I really reflect on just the journey of self-love is I think it was incredibly difficult because mm. all of the influences on teaching me how to be a woman because my mother was not around was very much from um mm. it was when it was inconsistent but also very much from a lot of white women so mm. and unfortunately they wouldn't go to the same experiences I would go to so it's very much it's difficult. It's it's it causes for difficult um conversations, but yeah. Now, Monica, for you, like, when did you just tr- draw the line and be like, you know what, I'm just going to be me from this time on? How did you go through that whole process of like self acceptance of yourself? That is such a weird <laughs> way to, yeah, really to put yeah, that. When I turned thirty, you like, you know what? Yeah, nah, I no, I I am who I am, and this is me. And if you're going to accept it, it's fine. If you're not, that's fine. So I think when you turn thirty, yeah, you're mm. like, okay, I'm, I'm I I am a grown woman. I shouldn't let these things. Do not get me wrong. I still have my moments. Like I still yeah. have times. God, do I fish in and things like that? I think I don't know. Maybe I will always have that, but I don't let them like restrict me from doing the things I want to do or being the person I want to be as well. So um, yeah, so it does take a while, and you you gradually shed layers. Actually, I shared a story on my Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, fine, I could go out with my natural hair and things like that, but just because of the fact that I was usually like the only black person in work and stuff, I always made my hair a certain way. And there was one time or just this Christmas that went by, I was on call, mm. on call or I was on call and I was just, um, I woke up with a banging headache and but I knew I was going to be fine, but I could not put on my wig. And uh, you know what? And I stood there and thought to myself, I was like, am I actually going to take my conros into work? Will I be able to do this? It took me a while. Mm. I literally looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, yes, I can, you know, that kind of way. And then I did. And I actually felt because your hair, so, like people already judge you and you don't want them to not see your hair and then completely think like yeah. you're not a professional or you do not know what you're doing, you know? So, but I just, I did, I, I, I took my cornrows and I actually had cornrows on my head for like two weeks. I didn't, I didn't care. And uh, so <laughs> a few weeks uh, ago in work, um, mm-hmm. I was having a headache. I took off my wig. Uh, so <laughs> I just normalized that. Sure. I feel like we should all normalize that. <laughs> I took off my wig and so my face in my in my cornrows. I I'm just like nah, like literally, I cannot come and kill myself. If my hair is not gonna make you think I know what I'm talking about, then you are probably not sick enough. Yeah, you can't help them, honestly. <laughs> so so it really does take um it, it takes a while. It takes a while, and it's like a constant decision you have to make. Like every day, isn't it just weird that you have to stand in the mirrors like today? I am taking back myself and going in with cornrows, even though there's nothing wrong like with your hair. I remember one time 
I went to school and my 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 hair was in a little fro or whatever. I go mm-hmm. to school and then this girl turned around and asked me, Joella, did you even do your hair today? I was so mortified. I was like, what did you say? And I oh. spent like 30 minutes that morning trying to comb it out and make it look nice. Yeah. Oh, God. And then from there on in, I started relaxing my hair so people know that my hair is done. Oh. And just resulted of years of damage and I had to cut it all off again. But, oh. you know, uh, it's fine. We learn from I'm those. I'm so sorry to hear that. And yeah, um, they don't, people don't realize these things. They actually like, did you, uh, they do make an impact, you know? That mm. 100%. It's, anyway. it's kind of weird. As long as we keep on talking about it, I hope people will listen to this and I feel like, you know what, yeah, make subconscious. And these are the things you might even be doing subconsciously. Mm. That you, you can. So if you are aware that, okay, I'm trying to do this. Like there's nothing wrong with carrying a natural natural hair and there's nothing wrong with wearing a wig wash know your reasons for doing them not because mm. you want to not because oh i want to be accepted or i want this uh, this perception like things like that so yeah. yeah i feel like that i feel that is a massive thing especially with like with me right now and the black community in general i remember there was this whole twitter debate um where black girls are like you can't wear braids to your birthday dinner i don't like, know what, what? Do you mean Everyone was like, you can't wear, but you have to put on your lace front wig, 22 inches. I'm like, no, well, first things first, not everyone can afford that because yes. it's the same amount of money. I, I cannot, I cannot put, no, I cannot lace front. No, I'm lost. I cannot do it. I don't know how to do it. I, I cannot, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. It takes so much time and effort. And it's just like braids are a protective style. You, you need, your hair needs it to grow. And then, kind of like demonized like it's it's weird that it's being demonized within your own community something that you do you know it's just like that internalized you know racism is very much showing there but (laughs) so I hope everyone gets over that and you can do whatever you want with your hair I I feel like that would be everything Benita do you have any last words what I really have to say is Dr. Monica, you're just an inspiration. Like, you don't know how happy because we were to see a Black GP. I think, you know, there's a quote where they say, if you can't see it, you can't be. And I think you're just a good example. Like the TikTok, which we'll link in our Instagram, is just absolutely amazing. It's I've and actually Twitter. found it, and Twitter, I've actually found it so, so useful. I don't know, I'm just honored to be in your presence. I kind of don't even feel worthy to be in your presence. (laughs) You know, like, you know, it's one of them ones. But I think think what you've done, you don't realize how much you've inspired a lot of people. So that's what I have to say. It's just kudos to you. And you're just such an inspiration. And to Black girls and to all the girls out there, I think Dr. Monica is an example that, like, you know, she's faced uh, some adversities, but you know you can do it so yeah thank you so that was a little bit of a speech guys but you know she said let me be inspirational <laughs> honestly like i feel like like you should keep doing your content like every single day no matter what anyone says because i know half of my generation doesn't have that rte app and not watching the news and they're getting the daily covid updates from you 
and we know that you're a reliable source that's all that's needed a reliable source so keep pushing and just keep being yourself like talking to you today it was amazing and thank you for giving us your time during this thank you guys so much for having me on as well and i love the fact that you guys have a podcast and you're doing this as well so uh keep on doing it and Make sure you finish college as well, okay? <laughs> you know the vibes. We're going to push through. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we already started it. My mom's like, you start it, you finish it. You must finish. I know. <laughs> anyway, take care. Take care. Anyway, as far as any everyone listening, thank you for tuning in to another episode. You can catch us on Instagram on twitter and we might start a tiktok i don't know how that's gonna go but mm, we'll see right now um summer work is really draining the the summer out of everyone yes, we keep really moving is. it doesn't matter um and also if you have any suggestions or whoever you'd like us to interview you can drop us a quick dm or if you want to be interviewed, you can DM us. Don't be shy. We're and also, nice. guys, we will be, we've started a new thing where we're going to be answering one question. Any of your dilemmas or Q&As. Yeah, if you want to, but like, I feel like it's a thing toward the end of the season when we actually have a lot of followers or whatever. Yes. But anyway, that was a, such a long outro. But thank you for listening and take care. Bye. Bye.